Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Yeah, as Rachel was saying, um, I think over the last few weeks, I've been just been asking anyone if they've got any testimonies they want to share. Because I want to just start, um, that, that's really loud, I can hear that really loud. Um, I want to just start getting people to come up and just share what God's doing in their lives. And, you know, whenever we hear testimonies, they're, they're a point of faith where we can, we can aim our faith and we can join with their faith. And what they've seen God do in their lives, we can expect God to do in our lives. And I mean, basically, the Bible is just a book of testimonies, isn't it, really? It's a testimonies of how people have engaged with God and how God's come through for them. So we've got Yvonne and Rebecca are going to be sharing this morning. I'm just going to ask Yvonne to come up first and just share for a few minutes about what God's been doing in her life. Sorry, I, I, I sometimes stutter. So. Okay. So I... I've, I found this job years ago, um, just before the COVID, and it was God's timing for me to go there. And the, the word that God brought was uh, it will turn out for good. And uh, recently I, I heard the Lord talking to me while I was walking in the corridor of the school that my season here has come to an end. So what I did was I started applying for different jobs without fasting and without praying. <laughs> and I did get injured at work, and so when I went to my GP, he, he encouraged me to move my job and keep uh, persevering in applying for jobs, and then he, he opened up to me and he said he's a GP, but he had to apply for 20 jobs before he could get the one in Crawley. So he said, you may have to apply for 50 so you can get one, and I said, no, Lord, no, not 50. But it took me a while before I actually gone and then uh, some people gave me some uh, um, like uh, jobs like oh apply for this apply for that and then Carol she said there's a job going and it's kind of similar to, to what I do but it's not as cool so I, I applied for that I thought about it I prayed about it I fasted about it and I apply and uh, they interview me so I've got a conditional uh, acceptance so next week will be my last interview but i already feel i've got it so depending on my mental status <laughs> and 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 my physical and uh, yeah so I, I just praise god because his word is about you know it's a different season and we have to s surrender not be afraid so i gave my um my notice i felt like so I was thinking in my mind, I'm going to give my notice on Friday. And the Lord said to me, no, you're going to give it on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, I give it in. And I was praying about it. And when I give it in, I had so much peace. So, and on Friday, I found an email saying I got a job. But I actually got a job on a Wednesday or Thursday, and I didn't see that. So I just want to, yeah, so I gave my notice before I received the, the confirmation. Yeah, gosh. Pra praise God. Oh, man, thank you, Yvonne. And I know there's some other testimonies out there about jobs as well. If there was another one, might get Martin to share his, very similar to that, actually. 
Um, and Rebecca, if you, you, Rebecca's got a couple of different testimonies she'd like to share. Um, my, my first testimony is about the prayer of agreement. I love the prayer of agreement. I love the fact that just two people can agree on earth about anything and God has to do it. Otherwise, Jesus is a liar. We know he's not. So I often say to people, will you stand with me or I'll stand with you? And um, <clears throat> I stood prayer of agreement with a teacher in school about my timetable because um, this year I'm teaching geography and I hate geography, I hate geography, with a passion because I'm an art teacher but at the moment I'm teaching geography. Anyway, um, the deputy head came to me and said, oh, I need to talk to you about your timetable for next year and uh, I'm going to have to be my most charming, at which point my heart sank. So I went into his office and uh, not only had he increased the amount of geography I was doing, he also added science. And if there's one subject I hate more than geography, it's science. Yes, it's science. So I said to myself, I'm not really, I'm not really very good at science or geography. And he goes, oh, well, you know, because he's got a, it's not just me. It's like all the teachers and all the subjects. Uh, you know, and all the colors and all of the sizes. And he said, oh, well, I've tried. And I said, oh, you know, I thought I was teaching ICT. And he kind of changed a few. And, and he said, oh, well, leave it with me. And I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pray. Because part of me wanted to actually give in and just say, oh, well, that was what God wanted for me. But I was thinking, this is not the best timetable ever. This is really rubbish. This is like worse than last year. So anyway, uh, I went and left him to, and about half an hour later he came back, and not only had he got rid of all the geography <laughs> and all the science, <laughs> but he gave me English. It was the best timetable ever I could hope, have hoped for, so I had to give him a hug. So <laughs> I just wanted to say that if you have agreed with anybody about anything, even when it looks at the last moment that the devil really has won, keep standing because God has to do it. So get somebody who believes in the pair of agreement. It's great. I love it. Just two people. Just two people. Anyway, my second testimony, I'm trying not to be too long, <laughs> is about finances. I just want to say poverty is a curse just because we live in this part of the country does not mean to say that we should lower our standards. <clears throat> I'm one of six, that's my brother, in case you don't know. Uh, that's my brother, one of my brothers. One of our brothers is extremely wealthy, isn't he, John? He is extremely wealthy. And one of our sisters is um, not so wealthy. And um, I, just took, we just, I just took it for granted. She was always going to be poor, he was always going to be wealthy. One, God, one day God said to me, I am not blessed when your sister is poor. And uh, he is not blessed when his children are poor. And we have to realize that we cannot live within the world's system of finances because it doesn't work. But if we live within God's system, it works. Anyway, I'm, uh, <coughs> last March, I, I was listening to a couple called Phil and Fern. I can't remember their surname. And they decided to tithe above their income. They had looked around and decided that if they wanted to help the poor, they had to tithe above their income. So, supposing uh, they were earning 24,000, they decided to tithe 
as if they were earning 50,000. So I decided to do the same, not 50,000, but I was working part-time as a teacher and I decided to tithe as if I was working full-time. And full-time for me would be, uh, I'm four days a week, so it would be five days a week, and that's a whole fifth extra, you know, I'm not talking a couple of hundred a month, I'm talking quite considerable amount. So last March, I started doing that, tithing before tax, I have to say, before, <laughs> before tax. So I tithed in good soil to Kingdom Faith. It's good soil, Kingdom Faith. And um, about three weeks ago, um, well, actually, the beginning of this term, I'd gone to the head and said, look, you know, um, I really need to increase my income because I really want to move and I'll just work for minimum wage, you know. I just need an extra day a week. And she said, oh, you know, there's nothing at the moment. And then the, a couple of weeks later, the technician in our school decided to drop a day. And the head came to me and she said, do you want to have her day? And I said, yes. And she said, I'm not going to pay you as a technician. I'm going to pay you as a teacher. And I'm going to pay you right through to the end of summer. So I'm getting three months pay for like seven days work. Yes, I know, I know. And the thing is, the thing is, everybody else in the school is complaining about their wages and complaining that the head's not generous. But I tell you, I've never been as well off as I am now because I tithe above my income. So that means now I've got to tithe again above my income. And I give, I sow regularly. I can't encourage you enough to sow regularly. Keep sowing. Small amounts, large amounts. Keep sowing. Um, there was a guy called Charles Capps uh, who in 1980 talked about uh, supernatural wealth transfer. Okay, we know about the riches of the wicked are laid up for the righteous, but he's talking about supernatural wealth transfer. When you sow... Start thanking God for supernatural wealth transfer and the hundredfold increase. Now today, I've got 10 pounds to give into the offering. I'm believing for a thousand pounds back. That's a hundredfold interest. You know, the bank wants us to put money in their bank so they give us one or two percent interest. God gives us 10, 30, a hundredfold interest. I challenge you. So, so, so above, tithe. And the other thing is, last thing I promise, the other thing is, is God wants all of us to increase so that all our increase can help build the church. I am not anybody in particular. I'm just, I think, a bit stubborn. God's word is God's word. He has to do it. He has to do it. If you stand in agreement, he has to do it. If you tithe, he has to do it. He has to. Can't get away from it. So, yes. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Rebecca. I'll have to get you to come up and do the, like, the giving bit and just you know, get everyone to... <laughs> To give more and to tithe more. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Amen. 
Amen. And we, we know that's true, and I'm sure many people here have experienced that as well. When, as you're sowing, sometimes it's sowing out of a, it's a sacrificial gift, isn't it? It's a sacrificial sowing. Like when you're tithing, I don't know, you know, lots of people here have got lots of money, but you can be tithing and it's, it's sacrificial. You could really do with that money. But actually when you, when you tithe, you know, faithfully to God, he does give you back the increase. Okay. Right, this and there. I'm just going to give you that, Rachel. Okay, so we have got some time left. So this morning, we've got quite a few things to get through. Um, we are following on in Romans. We are continuing our theme of working through the book of Romans. But this morning, in particular, I, um, I felt it was right to talk about reaching out to people, outreach. And judging by everyone in the room, it looks like everyone in the room is saved and is Christian, so I can talk more just open and honestly about things. Um, so I'm just going to pray and then we'll get into the message. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this message this morning, Father. I thank you for what you want to deliver and the, the impartation that you want to release this morning. Father, I thank you for your spirit here your spirit of wisdom and revelation just being present so lord that you can release father god um understanding and release truth to everyone and release father something that just uh presses release your spirit father that just moves us into action father god and father yeah just speak through me this morning in jesus name amen okay so yeah we're going to be talking about reaching out to people and sharing the gospel with people, and there's just, I'm going to unpack that in a lot, in a greater dimension this morning. So, um, we are actually in Romans 6, and we just happen to be in this scripture, because I've, I've felt over the last, well, it's been a number of months now, that um, the Lord has just been laying on my heart that we need to get out there, we need to be out in the community, out reaching out to people, and I'll talk a bit more about that in a second, but it just so happened that this Sunday was the Sunday I was going to do it, and, and this, this scripture um, kind of lines up with it. So in Romans 6, at the end of Romans 6, so this is, this is the kind of verses that we're going through, um, and I'll just read from verse 20. So Paul is just encouraging the believers in Rome to just to continue to live um, as to live in their new nature, live in the nature that God has given them, and to just, to just live their lives um, in a holy way. So Romans 6.20 says this, when, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So we've, we've already worked through um, understanding that we're slaves to God or servants of God. We, we talked about that way at the beginning of Romans. And we've talked about um, where Jesus wants us to be, living with him in eternal life when we die. And we've talked about the wrath of God as well. And, you know, we don't want to be under the wrath of God. We want to be saved and living for God so that we don't, we're not judged under that judgment. So, 
So Paul's encouraging people to live out your lives in a holy way. And so the next verse says, there, says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's quite a common scripture. Many of us would have heard that scripture before. Um, so what he was kind of describing in this, in this whole chapter, if you go through chapter 6, is he's saying don't, don't live in sin anymore because the wages of sin will result in death. But live out of the nature of God that he's given you in your, you know, your redeemed nature. When you gave your life to the Lord, he's given you a new nature. You're a, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Live out of that and you will receive that free gift of eternal life as you continue to follow the Lord. Now, this scripture we often use when we're talking about the gospel to people that don't know, that don't know the Lord. It's actually a very good scripture to use to, to just describe where your life will be going if you continue to live a life of sin and not follow God. But it's also encouraging people to, to say the fr there's a free gift here. God wants to give you eternal life. He wants to see you saved. He wants to, he wants to see you healed and made whole and to have a purpose and have vision for your life and to, to experience the love of God, the peace of God, and to just live in that relationship with God. And that free gift um, of eternal life is available to you if you're not, if you're not saved. It's a great way of just um, kind of summarizing the gospel. And sometimes you can go through a number of scriptures. I think we have, used to have some, some leaflets around the back. I think they might be out there somewhere that kind of works through scriptures you can share with unsafe people so that they can get a quick understanding of what the gospel is and what the plan of salvation is. So we'll be focusing on that this morning. So Jesus wants people to be saved. Um, a very well-known scripture, if you just flick to the next one, the next slide, Jason. So John 3, 16 and 17 very, very well known. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And the next one. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. So another well-known scripture. We know that Jesus came into the world to give people, to give us eternal life. So God sent his son into the world to give us eternal life, to give us a way to be saved for salvation. And we know that, as, as everyone here is saved, we, at some point we've given our lives to the Lord. And actually, someone who's witnessed to us at some point, or maybe, maybe one of our family members, if you um, got saved within you know, your, your household or with your family, like your parents were Christian and they told you about God and you became Christian. Someone at some stage must have shared the gospel with someone, um, and, and some of us, you know, many of our testimonies are more direct, where God is, at, you know, someone's actually shared their testimony with us, and we've given our lives to the Lord. So we're called to relay this message to the world, that God has sent his son to rescue people. So, when, before we, myself and Anna, took over this congregation here in Crawley, so Pastor Paul was, was leading um, the Crawley congregation, 
And we, we were doing a lot, of, um, a lot of stuff in Broadfield. We were doing a lot of kind of outreach to people. There was youth groups we were running in Broadfield. There was um, lots of prayer meetings we were running in Broadfield, outreaches we did in Broadfield. There was all sorts of things going on in Broadfield. And lots of people lived there um, that were in our congregation. And lots of people were kind of quite active. We even had a toddler group in Broadfield for quite a while. Um, and Louise Weeks, if you remember, she used to run a thing called Escape in Broadfield as well. So we, we were quite active in Broadfield. And I know that Pastor Paul really had on his heart that there was, we had, there was a vision for us as a congregation that we were to be reaching out to Broadfield quite a lot. And as I took over and, you know, Pastor Paul handed things over to me, I, would, I was praying, okay, God, what is, what's the vision? Where do you want us to, what do you want us to be doing? Where do you want us to be as a congregation? What do you want us to be focusing on? You know, some people have talked about, you know, seeing, having a church building in the middle of the town center. Um, some people, are, you know, there, there was a point where we were kind of looking for a church building in Ifield. There was um, different outreaches we used to do, students in different parts of, of Crawley. And we used to live in Pound Hill at the time as well. And it was kind of like, okay, God, where do you, I know we're in Crawley, we need to reach out to Crawley, but is there anywhere specific we need to be reaching out to, and what do we need to be doing? So I was asking God for some vision, and God gave me quite an in-depth kind of vision, and he showed me some things about buildings and stuff like that, and outreach and all sorts of things. This is like, probably nearly about five and a half years ago, I'd say now, and so he, he spoke to me about reaching Broadfield. And part of, I, I, I think I got that word before we even moved to this building. So we we're still in Oriel High School and we were doing what we were doing in Oriel, way across the other side of the town, Maidenbower. And God gave me this word about Broadfield and then we ended up getting kicked out of Oriel and then this building opened itself up and we did actually try other buildings around the town but this was the building that really opened up to us. And there, we had such favor with the, the building manager of the school. And he was just like, yeah, come, you know, do whatever you want. We use whatever facilities you want. You know, we'd love to have you in the school. So we knew this was the right place for us. And obviously Broadfield is across the road. And so that's one confirmation. But God really spoke to me about reaching the people of Broadfield and reaching out in Broadfield and establishing ourselves really in Broadfield. So we kind of, so I kind of took that word on board and then, you know, as years went on, we were doing bits in Broadfield, but actually we, we ended up kind of doing less and less. And then um, I'd say just before COVID, God reminded me of that word and we was, I was about to go, we were about to do some things in Broadfield and start going, looking around there um, for buildings and things like that. And then COVID hit and then, you know, two years went by like that and, we didn't really follow anything more of that up. But recently, I prayed again. I said, Lord, okay, vision again for us as a congregation in Crawley. Are we still being called to Broadfield or should we be going somewhere else, doing something else? There's empty buildings around the town. Should we be planting ourselves over there or in another place or another area in Crawley? Or what should we be doing? And I felt the Lord just say to me, that he's not finished with what he originally told me. And God's often like that. He often, well, he'll tell you when he, when he wants you to move on from something. So he's reminded me that we still need to reach out to Broadfield. There's still more things that need to be done um, in Broadfield. Now, 
over the years, I, I've, we've had many different words about Broadfield um, right through the time when we were still doing Roffey Bible College and there was people would come up to me with words. There were students even that were part of the kind of um, the Crawley team that would be assigned to our congregation. They would often be getting words about Broadfield. I remember getting um, some, I can't remember where it came from, but someone gave me some some stuff written down about Broadfield from years and years and years ago, like something like 30 years ago. Bef I think even, I don't know if it was before Pastor Paul, but someone gave me some, some stuff that was written about, like some prophetic words about Broadfield. There had been a revival in Broadfield, and I know there was other students. I think Richard and some of the guys that you were um, in your year at the Bible College, they were giving me words about God doing something in Broadfield and then it, it flowing from there into Crawley into the rest of Crawley. And um, so I was getting all these words handed to me and people coming up to me and saying, yeah, you know, Broadfield is where God wants to move in this town. And God started to speak to me more about Broadfield first. And he gave me this kind of thick vision of, of reaching Broadfield first and establishing ourselves establishing in Broadfield first. And then after Broadfield, then other areas of Crawley. So I knew that that God's heart was still to reach out to Broadfield. So, fast forward to today, we've, we've been working on this kind of leaflet that you can all see on your chairs here, and I'll, prob I'll come back to it right at the end. But God is basically saying for us to continue to reach Broadfield. So we haven't done for a, quite a while um, done anything in Broadfield. We've moved a lot, of, if, if anything, we've moved a lot of stuff out of Broadfield. That's mainly been because of COVID and stuff. But I do believe now is the time to go back into Broadfield and starting to reach the people there. Um, now, I just want to share with you a, a dream stroke vision someone had. It was, it was a dream. It was a dream, but they had a vision in the dream. Um, and there's a couple other things I want to share, and Rachel's going to share something as well. And it's all to do with outreach. So on Monday, so I knew I was going to bring this word this Sunday. And on Monday in one of our kind of staff meetings that we have at Foundry Lane with all the other, you know, employed people by, from Kingdom Faith, um, people just began to share, some, share different things about reaching the lost. Now, I wouldn't say we've been having that as a major theme. We have had bits of it over the last few number of months. But this particular Monday, coming up to this Sunday, there was a number of words that were just released about reaching people. And I'm going I'm to read them. I'm going to read some of them to you. So the first is a word which was actually from someone, a guy called Lloyd, I don't know if you know him, a guy called Lloyd in the Horsham congregation. He had a dream, and God showed him some stuff in this dream, and then he passed it on to someone, he passed it on to Simon Coles, and Simon Coles read it out in this meeting in, in, on Monday morning. And I'm just going to read it for you, because it's, it's quite powerful. And there's another vision as well that I'll read out in a second. So this is Lloyd. He says this, um, I had a vision that I was in the body of Christ, and followers were as white cells, white blood cells, helping the body to function. I was given the impression that God was the brain and in control of all things with the heart of Jesus at the core. Each white cell plays a part. Our purpose is to make the body function efficiently 
but this can only be done if we are all acting in unity as God intended. However, many white cells lay dormant as if they were happy to be part of the body, but accepting of others to perform on their behalf, as if salvation was enough for them. Those cells that were activated by the Holy Spirit shone brightly, and I was given a vision of a sea of white cells within the body. But as many that shone brightly equally, there were many dim in appearance. In front lay a wall of much larger black cells restricting the flow. Uh, Beyond the wall, I was able to see thousands of various gray cells being forced towards a large precipice, and beyond that, I could see a lake of molten lava. I heard the gray cells crying out like lost children as they were being forced towards the precipice. I heard the Lord saying that he did not intend for us to be passive in our lives, for he gave us a spirit not of timidity, but one of love, power, and self-control. This was repeated as if a rally cry to save the, lo- the rally cry to save the lost, and a wondrous white light shone behind us. When we heard the cries of the Lord, the dormant cells became active, and we managed to breach the black wall in places, and was able to reach the grey cells, and they became white and grew in number, and the cells came away from the precipice and towards the white cells and the wondrous light. So then there's just a little extra bit from Lloyd. He says, it's very unusual for me to have a dream and remember what I dreamt. Um, And moments after waking, this vision was really clear to me. When analyzing after this, I believe the black cells is the fear that restricts many Christians of God's, from God's purposes um, that he planned for us. The enemy tries to deceive and separate us from these purposes. For me, the gray cells were lost souls crying out to be saved when they saw their fate mortality. And since researched, I discovered that white cells help to defend the body from foreign invasions. So that was the vision. I thought it was quite powerful, actually. Um, and you could tell in that throughout that vision, we're called, we're called to be, we're the white cells. And he was explaining how some white cells were active and, and, and defending the body or doing stuff and reaching these people, reaching these gray cells. And some cells had gone, weren't activated, weren't active and were kind of just waiting for the other white cells to be doing, to be doing the job for them. But eventually those other um, white cells that weren't doing anything that were dormant then became alive. And... When this was shared in the context of our meeting, it was there was there was just something that I, it just was it was stirring, and there was there's another there's another vision and, and what Rachel's going to share as well. It was just stirring us to action. That there comes a point where we we need to share what we've got. We need to give out what we've got. And I know there's other people here that are feeling the same kind of thing. And some people have even began to began to just reach out to people they know and some people do that anyway so I'm not saying we don't do it and we never do it but it's something I believe the season we're in where God wants us to begin to just shift gears in looking outwards so that was that vision Um, and I'll just read this this next one this was from Andrea and she had a word about Kingdom Faith Church and again, it's about reaching out. So she, she says this, I see the truth as an anchor, and I see your love touching broken hearts, love going down deep into people's veins. I see a generation of love sailing 
on the living water. It's not just the generation to come, it is us here in this place, sailing on boats, each family in a boat. It is a group of boats. Each boat has its purpose. One boat is strengthening another. In the middle of those boats is a big boat with a massive light. This light is searching over the group of boats, searching for those that are lost. Sometimes it's hard to reach the other boats because of people, circumstances, challenges are in the way. Kingdom Faith, your call is to reach the boats that are drowning. Your call is to reach the boats that are sinking. Spread your light further. Look outwards more than, look, than you look inwards. Stretch your reach. How can you sail wider if you look inwards? Spread your light wider, not just from one location, um, but to lots of places, and from lots of places to other places. See the importance of my light piercing through. Yes, it is by throwing out your net, but you are not holding the net, but you are the net. Position yourselves in a place where your boat is visible. Position yourself in a place that is seen, not by those who know it already. They need to spread their light too. Be a boat that shines. Be a boat that is visible. Be a boat that anchors itself in the truth, sailing over the living water, reaching out to those that are lost and far from me. With this, Jesus challenged me. How does my boat look? What does my boat look like? Is my boat leaking? Is my boat shining? Who is in my group? Who is strengthening me? Who is diverting me? Which boat am I following? How much is my boat looking inwards? Which boats am I reaching? And which boats am I rescuing? Does that make sense? She actually drew a little diagram as well. But, um, and again, that's a word that Andrea heard from the Lord, and she was, you know, she was saying this is the Lord speaking to, to us as kingdom faith, that we're, we're little boats, you know, and with a big boat in the middle, and we're called to be reaching out to other boats, you know, other boats around us. There's other people, other families, families that are drowning, families that are struggling, people that are struggling, people that are dealing with lots of things. Um, and we know that Broadfield has, and the people that live there have lots of challenges, not that everyone else doesn't, we all have challenges, but in that place of, of all places, there is people that, are, that will be struggling. And I believe we're called, there's something about where God calls us to the people that need him most, you know, out of all of our town in Crawley. God often will start with the people that need him most and reach out to those people that need him most because often they're the people that will just accept him. You know, he talks about the poor, reaching the poor, the people that, you know, bind up the brokenhearted, help the people that need healing, that need reaching. And I believe the Lord is calling us to do that. I'm just going to ask Rachel to just come and share what she had that morning as well. And I'll kind of tie some of this, these things all together. Um, you're going to have to go with me a little bit because I've had to write this down and at the time it was just something that flowed. Um, so I think I captured what it was that um, I felt at the time. And Andrea had just read out what um, Rohan's just read about the boats. And um, as I listened to this being read for the first time, I saw like a movie a vision unfold of a flotilla of boats. I realized as I was watching that they were all different shapes and sizes 
some small fishing boats and other large trawlers. Um, there were pleasure boats, small speed boats, in fact, a real mismatch of vessels. At the helm of each boat was an ordinary, hard-working person. I soon realized that they were on a mission to save the lives of stranded British Army forces on the beaches of Dunkirk. This was a very real event which took place this very week, 72 years ago. In the days running up to this event, a pivotal point in the Second World War had led the German forces surrounding the villages and land around Dunkirk, forcing Allied forces to the beaches. It was, to say the least, a very desperate situation. The British government was under immense pressure to come up with a plan to save the lives of thousands of soldiers. The plan that was hatched was to call on ordinary people of Great Britain to take to their boats, as previously described, and sail across the channel to rescue the stranded soldiers. To, give, to begin with, this plan was laughed at and branded as ridiculous. However, the Prime Minister at the time pushed forward with the plan as there really was no feasible alternative. In the days between the 27th of May and the 4th of June, three, uh, uh, yeah, 338,000 lives were saved by ordinary people in ordinary boats, risking their own lives to save others. As I said before, this was a very real event, not invented by Hollywood directors, although it was an event that took place over 70 years ago, a spiritual representation of this is still being played out in the lives of many today. They find themselves in a situation where they are cut off on every side with no place to run, desperate to be rescued. In this representation, the people had ordinary lives but were called to rescue those who were stranded. Two years ago this week, my mum passed away during the first lockdown. As many of you know, she had advanced dementia and lived in a nursing home. When my dad passed away the previous year, the management of the home were very quick to move someone in to share my mum's room. To begin with, this made me very angry. As a family, we had done everything to settle her in a very difficult situation, which in the natural she didn't want to be in. A very good friend of mine helped me by saying, don't let this get in the way of what God has for your mum. This could be the very best thing for her. In the months following, my mum and this lady became firm friends. They would sing all night, walk up and down arm in arm, and would often be found next to each other fast asleep, one with her head on the other's lap. This lady was very troubled in fact, the home's most demanding resident. However, the effect of the love my mum showed her totally changed the lady, and she was discharged from external psychiatric support. A non-Christian nurse told me, it's an absolute miracle. Your mum is a gift from God. The reason I'm telling you this story is that my mum couldn't communicate verbally, well, that made any sense anyway. But God still used her to rescue a lost soul stranded on a beach with no hope. When we hear the news of hardship and famine or wars in other countries, we rally together and maybe put our hands in our pockets for a special offering. 
But what is God asking you to do? It might be to make a cake and leave it on a neighbor's doorstep or take a bag of shopping, buy a newspaper for someone who can't get out to the shop, mow someone's lawn. Whatever it is, it might seem small and ordinary to you, but just be obedient to what God's asking. It may be the beginning of their lives being changed forever. Imagine if this afternoon there was a Downing Street press conference with the Prime Minister and he charged us to get into our cars and all go to Ukraine to people's rescue. What would our response be? Would we laugh and say that's ridiculous? I'm not suggesting that this is what's going to happen. But ask yourself what the Lord is asking you to do to come to people's rescue. Thanks, Rachel. That was quite a powerful vision and story about Rachel's mum as well. And, you know, in all that we're talking about this morning, when we're talking about reaching people, it is all about doing what we can do, doing, using what God's placed in our hands. It may seem like something very little, but doing what God's calling us to do and it may just start off as something very simple and very normal, um, but it's 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 doing something, and that was the kind of that was the thing that was on my heart with with coming back into kind of reaching the people in Broadfield. It's like okay, what can we do? What what is it we can do? And sometimes that can be a big question because we're going to well, we could do this or we could do that, and we could put this on, we could put that on, but actually sometimes it's right. Okay, God, what? Let's start doing something, and when you just do something, God can then steer you into exactly what he wants you to do. You must have heard that kind of phrase before about God can, God, it's easier for God to steer a moving object, like if we're moving towards something, then God can steer us to where we need to be, rather than if we're just kind of sat back and like, okay, we don't really know what to do, let's just, just not do anything. So... God wants to use each and every one of us. We all have something that we can do for someone else or we can give to someone else or we can contribute to someone else's life. And that might just be the first step of them bringing them into, into a relationship with God. Often, well, let me just tell you something, a, a seminar I went to. We, you, know, we, you know, we went to Spring Harvest a few months ago. I went to a seminar about church leadership um, that they were they did during that week. I went to a, I think it was one or two. I can't remember now. And um, the guy just the guy who was leading this thing about church leaders, full church leaders, and he just happened to talk about reaching out to community, how to reach out to community as a church. As, and you know he was kind of encouraging the church leaders. And there was this church in Leicester, which is he, the guy who was leading this seminar was from this church in Leicester. And they were doing a brilliant, uh, they were doing some brilliant outreaches to a community area, like a, a, an area near their church. And um, they were reaching a lot of people, as in they were, they were having contact with a lot of people in this community. 
And um, I think it was like nationally known because this guy had started this thing called, um, uh, what did he call it? Missional communities. He, he, he kind of coined this phrase and he was, he, he, I think he's written a book about it and he's t- t- you know, taught people how to reach out to different communities. And I can't, you know, it takes time to go into all of the details of, of how they did it. But basically they ended up with lots of different groups in this community reaching out to different kinds of people in the community. So single mums and autistic people and people that were looking for jobs. And they, they just had all these groups going on. And they were, there was hundreds of people in these groups. But one thing he realized was that they were doing all this great work for the community, but no one was actually getting saved. No one was coming to know the Lord, or very, very, very few. And so he, was, so he decided to try and just investigate why they were touching all of these hundreds and hundreds of people, but no one was really getting saved. So he um, got all the leaders of these groups together and just began to ask them, you know, what, why aren't we seeing people saved? And from his kind of investigation, he found out that people, first of all, they weren't actually talking about God to people. <laughs> they were doing all these groups, which was great, but they actually weren't talking about Jesus. They were just doing the groups and, you know, meeting people in where they were at and helping people, which is great, and we're called to do that, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's things, they're things we need to do. But they weren't, you weren't seeing anyone say because they weren't actually preaching the gospel, witnessing to anyone, even sharing testimonies of what God was doing in their lives. Um, so he felt, that was the first thing he found out. And so he decided to ask them, okay, why, what, why weren't they sharing things about God? Why weren't they witnessing to people what was going on? And, they were, and he, he came back with two, two main reasons, and I believe this probably applies to, to us, it probably applies to me and to all of us. And the first one was they weren't sure what to say to people. They, they weren't confident in sharing their faith and knowing how to, you know, talk to people about God without, with a bit of a fear of people not understanding and not really knowing what they're talking about. So there was that fear. And then the other one was that they, or maybe this should have been the first one, was that they didn't have, they weren't praying for people that didn't know the Lord. So they didn't have, he said, they didn't have a concern for the people's, you know, where they're going in life. There was no concern about their eternal destination, basically. So they didn't, they weren't praying and they weren't really concerned about what was going to happen to these people. So they weren't, there was no concern there, so there was no real urge to talk to them about God. They were just doing their bit and meeting their needs in whatever way. And he said it was those two things that was the reason why they weren't seeing people saved. So he started to address them. And actually what he's done is he, he's brought out a, um, a small group course, I think it's only quite short, that encourages people, it helps them, equips them to share their faith. I've actually got the books at home. It encourages people, it gives people the tools to be able to share their faith confidently and it keeps keeps each other, people in the groups accountable and encourages them to be continually sharing their faith, whether it's at work, at home, wherever. So we'll have a look at those small groups as, as, you know, as the months go on. But I thought it was really interesting where he said about not having a concern for people's eternal future destination. And that's something 
that we can easily forget, and I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. We can just go through life and we kind of, we're just not really aware or just not really have that much of a, you know, concern about where people are going. What, what, you know, all of this stuff that we're talking about in Romans about God's judgment and all of that, you know, we're saved, we're good, you know, we, we're following the Lord in the way we want, you know, we can, but what about other people all around us all the time? And so he started to address that. Now, one thing he said that was the very first step that he used to address that was he just, he just encouraged people to begin to pray for people around you. So maybe family members, they could be work colleagues, they could be just people around you and your neighbors, whoever. Just begin to pray. That's the very first step. And he, and he said, out of that step, he then said just to offer to pray for people. So praying for, the, for, praying for people, but then in, in a conversation where you're meeting up with people, just offer to pray for them. So you've got a work colleague at work, and if they present to you some sort of a need in their lives, you just offer to pray for them. Can, you know, can I pray for you about what, whatever you're talking about? And he said just that simple step to encourage people to offer to pray for people helped people really bridge that gap of beginning to share their faith with other people. It's such a simple step. And, um, and that's, you know, this, this little leaflet that you've got in your chairs or you've got with you is about that. So what I believe we, we need to do, and now these are, these are something I was thinking of doing before I heard this seminar at Spring Harvest, and since then, I've heard another church leader talk about doing the same kind of thing. So I knew, I knew God really spoke to me about doing this, and, and it was confirmed as well. And I just felt the Lord say, we just need to print these out, get, get some leaflets that, that offer to pray for people. So it just says, can we pray for you? And on the back, there's just some really simple information. And there's a number that people can text about their prayer requests. And there's an email address as well. And there's a little scripture and, and just kind of an invitation to church. And I felt the Lord wanted us to post these to houses around, like a radius around this building and then into Broadfield as well. So that's what I believe God's calling us to do. So that's what we're going we're gonna to do. And we just need to just work out how we're going to do that first. But it's just so simple in that it's giving people the opportunity to let us know what prayer needs they have. And also, we can use these to just hand out to people we see in the streets or if you've got people at work or whatever. And it's just saying, you know, can we pray for you? And it's nothing special about this little leaflet. This is just to open up a conversation with someone. And so we've got, we've got some of these. And, I mean, my challenge to you this morning is to just... See if you can use one of these. Let's start really small. Just giving one of these to someone um, if, if, you, if you need to use it. If you don't need to use it, you don't need to use it. You know, just offer to pray for someone in whatever way. But they're just a tool. And we'll, we'll talk more about these as, as the months go on. But it is, it's, that's what I want to leave you with this morning and a challenge to just offer to pray for people. So it might be people in your workplace or might be family members, it might be complete strangers or people, neighbours in your community or people, I don't know if you're going to be doing any community stuff 
next week for the Jubilee thing in your road or in your street or whatever. But why not, why not say to the Lord, Lord, if, if someone comes to me and presents to me a problem or an issue or something in their lives that needs a, some sort of a breakthrough in, I'm going to offer to pray for them. And that little step can just begin to open up a conversation about the Lord. And we'll do, we'll do some, before we even go out and do some of this stuff, we will do some training on how best to communicate the gospel in a simple way and how to, how to do all, you know, re- talk to people about God. I mean, the number one thing is it all needs to come from a place of love, that we're out there because we love people and God loves people. God so loved the world. It's all out of love for people and reaching the people that we know need to know Jesus um, because of everything that he can do for them. And, and we want to see them saved. We, wanna, we don't want to see them come in under his judgment. So I want to encourage you to use these. Um, one thing, just before I finish, that I felt the Lord really say to me is, is to keep keep our eyes on him that when we're reaching out to people it's all about what he wants to do in their lives it's him it's his love moving us it's his spirit moving us to do this we need we need him working through us to reach people it's not going to just be about us having the right words and the right things to say you know you can have all of that ready and the script ready to say to people but it's got to be about God's spirit working out of us and through to that person that's going to actually draw them to him and sometimes you might not even i mean how many people have you know shared the gospel with someone and you haven't even got the right words and it's a bit jumbled up and it doesn't even sound great but actually they've got it because it's god's spirit speaking through us and it's him it's him re- reaching those people um so what we're going to do in the weeks coming we're first of all we're going to do some prayer walking around broadfield before we before we start giving these leaflets out and prayer walking around this area and we will you know between Elsie who's the prayer lead um we'll talk about how we're going to organize ourselves organize ourselves and do that I believe we need to do some praying in Broadfield as well and possibly in the community center there or in another location we'll see but I believe that it needs to start with prayer which is what we're talking about it begins with prayer and then by praying for people, by reaching out to people, by offering to pray with them, then, God's, then God can begin a work in their lives. And I remember this guy, he actually gave some testimonies of just people offering to pray for other people and then God answering those prayers. And that in itself is an amazing witness to those people. And he gave some crazy stories of God just answering prayers of like some Muslim people. You know, they started to just, you know, a Muslim lady came up to one of these Christians from his church and she just offered to pray for this Muslim lady because she had depression and a depression lifted um, within like a day or a week or something like that and the Muslim lady came back to this to this other lady and said you know you prayed for you offered to pray for me my depression just went and she said can you pray for my other friend who's another Muslim and and she and it just started this journey this lady went on where she was praying for all these different Muslims and they were getting breakthrough and then they're asking her to pray for other things in their lives and other you know and that's how simple it can be it just starts from something very simple so we're talking about you know doing what you can um like rachel saying about her mum, just loving people just doing what we can starting off very small and that's where we want to 
We want to start small and then allow God to just use us, steer us in whatever direction we need to go in. So we are going to do some leafleting. We are going to do some outreaching. um, But we're going to just start small. So take one of these this morning. If you want any more of them, I think there's some on a pile on the back table. If you feel like you want to give, give, start giving them out to other people or posting them to even your neighbours around you. We're going to print loads more of these as well. I mean, there's only a number of them back there. But I think the, my message this morning is just about this is just a shift in the season where it's time to reach out. Like these visions that people have been having, you know, there's been other words. I mean, when we did our Friday night prayer um, a few weeks ago, we, we just started declaring stuff about the lost and we were praying for the lost. I really encourage you to come to those, come to the encounter next Wednesday. I'm sure there'll be some time where you'll be praying about the lost as well. So it's something that God is just gearing us up to. It's time to really reach out. So, you know, yeah, as we know, this, our, our lives aren't just for ourselves. What God's done in our lives is not just for us to keep hidden away and keep so that we're all good. It's about, okay, how can we release this to other people? So I know I've gone over a bit, a bit in time, but just with a few people around you, whether it's in twos or threes, what I want you to do is just, just pray with each other about reaching out to people around you. Um, maybe you've got an idea of who you want to give one of these to. We have some of these as well, which is just little God loves you leaflets, and they've got our church service on the back. If you want some of those, we can stick them on the, at the back table. But just get with someone else, two or three of you, and just pray together about how you can just reach out to lost or encourage each other to reach out to lost, pray for each other, so that God will just release you to go out. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.